Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where this week we don't have Aaron, so we're going to do something a little bit different this week. Um, I wish Aaron could be joining us for this special episode. We do have Michelle, though, so I'm extremely excited to have another huge Bare Naked Ladies fan joining me for this week. Hello. And this week we're going to do a special episode because, as many of you probably know, Stephen Page's new album, Heal Thyself Part 2, Discipline, came out last friday um on the 14th i want to say and it was a well I, we'll go through the whole entire album the idea of today's episode is that we're we're going to do something a little different where michelle and i are going to listen to a song and then each of us get one minute to kind of give our quick uh, assessment of what we think of that song um i might give a little bit of snippet if i get permissions to do so and uh, so you'll be able to hear little bits of it, pieces of it too, and then we'll do a quick overall of the whole album uh, to keep the episode relatively short. We will not be covering Buddy Holly. Uh, there is this thing in the Bare Naked Ladies community out there <laughs> that there's this supposed song where they covered Buddy Holly, and there's a clip on the internet. Michelle and I are both utterly convinced for a number of reasons that if you ever ask us, we could go into that this is definitely not Bare Naked Ladies. No, I don't think it's them. Um, and it supposedly was on this album that never gets acknowledged anywhere except for one website, and I can't verify that it ever truly existed. So we will not be covering Buddy Holly, we'll not be covering Cornflake Girl, and we will not be covering um, Faith and Rio, um, which are all covers, and we have no proof. We might cover Rio because there are proof of them doing it in concert, but the other ones we have no proof ever existed anywhere. Um, so we will be skipping that, and the week after next, we will be covering Bull in a China Shop, as we mentioned at the end of last week's episode, but we're going to do a special episode this week to try to discuss this in very interesting album that I'm excited about. Um, I will admit I did listen to this album ahead of time. Um, I cheated, but we're going to go through it and listen to it. This is Michelle's first time hearing it. Am I correct? Yes, I haven't listened to it at all yet. So this is the... So is I've my, listened to it three or four times. This is my first impression. So we'll get two different very, very... Well, maybe not different, but two different perspectives on this album. Yes, exactly. So the first song off this album is Nothing Special. Now the love is here. weird name for a song when you're starting off an album <laughs> this album's nothing special tongue-in-cheek i wonder if it's kind of tongue-in-cheek though it would not surprise me in the least yeah. <laughs> because it's not like the main lyric of the song the main lyric of the song is everything is fine it's what he keeps coming back to um so for him to go with nothing special is very interesting. Why don't we why don't we alternate as we go through these on who takes the lead and I'll have you start since I've been doing most of the talking to begin. Sure. So I've got 1 minute and I'll keep it quick. Um I love right. this right away. Um I thought it was great. I like the um the organ sound. I I love the chord progression of the song 
It has a little bit of a Beatles feel, I thought. Um, I know we always talk about the Beatles on this podcast, but the thing that hit me was it's so nice to hear Stephen's voice again. I just, I Mm. love his voice. I've always loved it. And to me, um, I liked the feel of this song and I would definitely listen to it again. Like already this album has a thumbs up for me. Wow. So so there's that. That's my short take. There's your short take. Yes. Michelle's short take. My short take. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's put one minute on the clock. Let's see if I can do this. I'm a little verbose. I really like this song, but it is one of my least favorite songs on the album, interestingly Ooh. enough, from what I've heard so far. This song sounds very much to me like the song that we haven't covered yet and won't for a long time, She's on Time, uh, which was a B-side. But I like that song. Um, and just when it gets old, it changes styles. And we have like, it's interesting you said Beatles because then the second half of the song has a very Beach Boys-esque yes. kind of feel. Yes. Um, and you get a lot of ooh and a lot of background of him background harmoning himself. Um, and then it changes again for a second type of bridge before it comes back to the original part of the song again. I don't like the ooh-wahs, so there's some background like ooh-wahs. Like almost this guttural sound. I'm like, it, it pulls me away from the rest of the song. That's the only part of the song I don't really like. And then it finishes up with this really neat what sweet hell is this, which is almost back to that as you like it Shakespearean kind of feel to it. Pray tell what fresh hell is this when nothing special exists. Everything is fine, everything is fine, everything is fine. And I love how he, he goes like all over the board with this song. Yeah. And the only thing that pulls me away is the ooh that are in the middle there. <laughs> Alright, that's gotta be close to a minute. Yes. Good job. For you that was excellent, Tracy. all right so i I think that one gets high marks so let's move on to the next one okay i will take the uh the lead on this one i guess perfect um so this the next song on the album is feel good summer Um, it's very orchestral. Uh, I love the trumpets, the happy, upbeat type of sound that goes with it, which goes with this feel-good summer type thing. I, I can't speak much about the lyrics because um, I haven't been able to see the lyrics. There's no lyrics online yet. Um, I haven't gotten the album yet because I pre-ordered it and there was a problem ahead of time with it being pressed. And so Stephen was on February 14th, uh, Stephen sent out a thing to all his fans saying, I'm signing the albums as we speak. They'll be in your mailboxes a week from now. Um, So I don't have the lyric sheets in front of me. Um, I love how he uses the odds and the other people uh, like uh, like Kevin Fox and Craig Northey for the harmonies. This is that wall of sound that I love with Stephen. And again, it has a very Beach Boys smile sound 
to it. Um, so I just, I love this song. I could listen to this over and over again. I thought it was fantastic. I don't have the lyrics in front of me, but I did listen to them. And I don't want to give any spoilers, but the lyrics, this is a classic Stephen Page song. It sounds happy. It sounds great. <laughs> and yet, oops, here's this other thing happening. And it just makes me feel like I just want to reach out and give him a hug and say, I've missed you. And and that's for me, like not listening to him or the Bare Naked Ladies after they broke up. You know, I just kind of stepped away and said, whatever. I do have his other albums, but I, you know, I didn't really listen to them. But this, I feel like it's it, this sound is what I want to hear. The lyrics and the sound, it's perfect. So to me, this is like classic Stephen Page right here. It sounds very much like what you get off Maroon and what you get off from Stunt. Yes, which are two of my favorite. Like those are the albums that I listen to all the time. And even and I hate to say this in comparison, but I could picture the background vocals like Ed and Tyler doing the background vocals on this song. Like yeah. I'd love to know when all of these songs were written. I think that would be interesting in his process when these were written. If it was, you know, how much before or after or around the time of Juno Awards. You know right. what I mean? I don't know how long ago this was re- actually so recorded. He he formulated the last album as a double album, then only recorded half of it, and then decided not to do the second half right off. And then... He held off on the second part, and then when he came back to redo it last year, he decided that he was going to discard some of the songs and brought in some new ones as well, but he did keep some of them. So it's hard to tell if some of those were written. He, he, he hasn't identified which of these ones were written earlier with the first set and which ones were brand new. So Already it feels refreshed and new and like he's back to himself. I feel like yeah. I'm hearing Steven again. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? I, yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> Are you ready for the next one? Ready for the next one. This is a very different feel. Be prepared. Okay, I'll be prepared. Hello. Hello. All right, so the next song on this album is a totally different feel, as I mentioned before. Um, it's called Where Do We, Where Do You Stand? Where do you stand? What were your takes on it, Michelle? I Okay, first I have to say, as a Barry Sax player, the saxophones, especially the Barry Sax in this song, are gorgeous. They're nice and fat and thick, and they've got that deep Barry Sax sound, and that was just awesome. Um, as I first listened to this song, again, I haven't listened to any of these, so it's kind of fun to just give my first impression. I pictured Fonzie slow dancing with a girl <laughs> at the beginning of the song. You know, that kind of like 50s or 60s doo-wop sound? Yep. Um, but then as I started listening to the lyrics, I thought, it's interesting because this, it felt like Stephen singing from his fans' point of view. I almost felt like he was singing about us, like everything that we say about him every week. I felt a little bit bad, like, are we putting pressure on him to behave a certain way or perform a certain way? 
are we giving him the freedom to just express himself? And I hope that we are. You know, I felt a little bit guilty. Like, <laughs> oh, we're, you know, I, I have certain expectations for sure. Yeah. Um, but I just, I love his vocals. It's so nice to, I know he hasn't gone anywhere, but for me, it's nice to come back and just hear this powerful album. Yeah. So that's my two cents. How about you? What did you think? So this is a, I'm going to break it down real quick and then give my opinion. This is a very up, what I think is a very updated kind of 60s, 70s blues type song. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's almost like Huey Lewis and the News doing a 60s, 70s big band sound, but done right. I thought of Huey Lewis while I was listening to it. I saw Huey Lewis at the Tower of Power at Old Orchard Beach back in 1989, and I had a flash oh. of that. And it's I could so see good. those two playing. I would love to see Tower of Power backing him up. Like this is like it was amazing. So good. Yeah. Um, this is a very simple song. It's simple in that the the arrangement is simple. You have brass. You have bass. You have drums. I don't think there's a guitar during most of the song. And then you have that beautiful guitar solo where where Stephen just shows that he has style. The brass is so tight on this song, uh, especially the the trumpets in the background. You mentioned the sax, but I, I hear the trumpets like throughout this background, um, and just like the piano, then switching over to this like organ, is just beautiful. And I think the way that it's so simple it highlights his voice so amazingly. Mm, yes. And, the harmonies are very sparingly used, but when they do, he highlights these um, these parts of the song that are so important to him. And my favorite part of the song is "Be a man, stand up for something, stand up for something." I know you can, and it's very attacking, but at the same time, very empowering. It's really like once again, this is a song I could listen to over and over again and just find something new with it constantly. It's kind of like break your heart where it, um, where he belts, you know, he just gets to belt like that. And it's just great. Oh yeah. And he just, the emotion just rolls into it. You can hear the emotion in his voice. Mm-hmm. So next song up is going to be what I got from you. High GPA, my premature gray, all of the stupid things I All right, so what I got from you, we're on. So this is again a like Stephen takes another right turn here, and I do use the word right because I feel like it's an amazing kind of direction to go after the previous song, where we have this very happy, interesting song to follow up the last one, and it's this salsa music, which I wasn't expecting. Um, I love how during certain parts of the song he has these these background harmony not harmonies but these backup blurred out words that he throws in there like share and then he 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 repeats the word himself afterwards a taste for the lesser works of share i don't fucking care again the odds are killing it on the song supporting steven the jazzy 
bridge breakdown in the middle is kind of odd and it's not my favorite part of the song because I would love it if it were its own type of song and pattern but it doesn't for me fit in the middle of this song I didn't catch most of the lyrics again because I, I need to read, uh, read them through a few first times listening to a song to really let them sink in and get it uh, but it sounds almost like a celebration of this woman, but with with humor mixed in. And my favorite line is my fantasy scheme of patricide. And then he backs it up with your mom's side in the background. So I just I love that little playful thing that he's doing in the middle there. So that's that's my take on this song. I loved it. I felt like it's another classic Stephen Page song where it sounds really cheery, but the the topic maybe not as cheery. Uh, to me, it sounded like, just listening to the lyrics for the first time, I felt like it sounded like something he would have written after a therapy session, like about his own parents. And I thought, <laughs> is it him about his parents, or is it him writing from his son's point of view, or is it Ooh. something that he saw somewhere else? Um, I... My thought when I heard the jazz breakdown in the middle, I thought, oh, I wish Aaron was here to hear this because he would enjoy that. Oh, but yeah. again, I, I thought it was speaking to, this is what I got from you, my parent, like you have this different taste in music. So I thought it was definitely part of the song in that context. That makes more sense. I, and especially with the, oh, sorry to interrupt you, but especially nope, with fine. the, um, Especially with the idea that it's from his kid's point of view or what he thinks his kids might say with that line of, well, that's on your mom's side. <laughs> right, exactly. So I thought it was fun and playful and interesting and I loved it. It's a very different song after fo that follow-up of, of the other one. Yes. All right, you ready for Gravity? I am. Again, we take another, another right turn. Okay, I'm ready. And pay no mind to scientists who hide the truth behind a mist Of fancy words and Mayan twists We can't believe you're buying this Cause you were wrong, we knew you were wrong Yes, all of Alright, Michelle, you get to go first um, So, this song is great When it first starts, it's got this intro That kind of made me think of Fiddler on the Roof for some reason mm -hmm. um, And as he goes into it, I feel it's great. Is this salsa? Is that the style? Um, I feel like towards the end, it kind of had a salsa dance to it. Yeah. Um, but it felt like it was kind of talking about the history of the world, you know, in a way. I'd love to know his spin on it because I feel like I'm not, I'm not going to get the right thing. But I thought <laughs> it was an interesting, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm going to see it one way, but I feel like there's something else to it that I'm not seeing. Um, but I love the sound. It's great. I feel like he's just really being himself on this album. I feel like he's really just letting it rip, and it's great to hear. So thumbs up so far, for sure. So he said in that interview that we had with him that, he, like, I asked him about how the other albums were so eclectic and going back to Gordon, how he was very much eclectic and going with what he felt and how it matched up with whatever he felt the song belonged on, what, what the sound belonged on each song. And he, when I asked him, I'm like, well, do, can we expect the same on the next one? He's like, yes, definitely. You're going to hear, you're definitely going to hear 
pieces and parts of Stephen Page in there and hear, hear influences from before, but this is me like just branching out and having fun and going there. And this is one of those songs where I think he was talking about, where he is just like, I'm going to try something totally and utterly new. You would never hear this on a BNL album, I don't think. But this is so much fun. I love this song. <laughs> um, I, I, too, was wondering about the beat. I really wish we had Aaron here, because this is amazing drum beat that the song starts off with after the intro... I want to know what that interesting, what the the beat is there. I um, think it's salsa, but I'm not 100% sure. I wouldn't bet money on that, but that's what I'm leaning. I almost wanted to say it was like a Tarantella. And it's really like a Tarantella tango kind of thing. It just has this really like interesting kind of jazz type feel to it. Mm. I love how he uses the harmonies to just like really belt the we were wrong piece of it. We're wrong, yes, all along we knew we were wrong. We sing this song to prove we were strong because we were wrong, 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 wrong. And yeah. I feel like this is once again Stephen being t- very tongue in cheek. He's like, you know what? I'm going to say what I mean be- hidden behind this other thought where he's taking it almost from a very radical religion point of view of we were wrong, but now we've ruined the world and outlawed gravity. Right. And I just, I also really love the Beach Boys guitar solo in the middle there. It has that very uh, uh, surfing guitar kind of sound in the background. I feel like he told the odds at the beginning of this album, you know what, here's the notes, but I want you to just let go and just have fun with it. Exactly. And you can hear that. He's totally having fun with it. And it's fun to listen to. I agree. All right. So now we are going to move on to the song that he released. There is a video out for this song. Um, This was his first single, if you can call it a single anymore, off the album, White Noise. He is getting (laughs) very political on this song. This is his 45. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm dating myself. Sorry, kids. That's okay. He did it earlier in one of his earlier songs. (laughs) Right. All right. So, White Noise. (laughs) I'll start this one off, I think. So, this is one of the two songs on this album that I cannot let the kids listen to. Um, and he lets you know right off the bat with the first line of the song why you should not be letting kids listen to the song. So it's, it's kind of, I don't know what you, you're going to say, Michelle, but to me, like what pops up is kind of pop, pop rock mixed with punk. Almost kind of, almost like a um, Sid Vicious type of sound to it, um, which goes along with the angry lyrics that kind of follow throughout this song. And... Uh, there is no doubt where Steven lies on his political beliefs on this song, but I think that's one of the reasons that I like one of the one of the lines that he says in the song. It's my favorite line of the song: "Is I've had to learn to bite my tongue, or they'll send me back for where I come from." <laughs> and it's no doubt. And then, like he, like it gets more and more political as it goes through. And then finally, he just like kind of lays it out with "resist." And as a person who just loves this kind of sound in music. I have to say I absolutely love this song and I absolutely love the video. 
I have not watched the video, and this is the first time I've listened to the song. And the title is perfect, and my thought is, this is the song we need right now. This should be blaring from every speaker on every street corner. Um, I agree with you on the sound. Like, my thought was, oh, this has kind of a very early 80s sound slash punk sound, like that angry young man sound. <laughs> Um, the lyrics were excellent, and I love that as you get into it, you realize white noise has more than one meaning. It's definitely right. white noise, and it just, it's interesting because, you know, I, I'm not going to get into the whole political thing because I could go <laughs> on and on. Um, I'm glad he wrote this song. I'm glad he's taking a stand. Yeah, he's not afraid to. Like, there's no doubt about it. And it's the first single he released from this album. He's like, I'm not holding back anymore. Right, and why should he? And he's Canadian. He could get thrown out. Yeah. He's an immigrant. That's what he says right in the song. He points it and out. And that's what he says right in the song. And but I love nobody... that he points that yeah. out. He's just like, yeah, here it is. <laughs> I've been holding back for this long. <laughs> exactly. So, A plus, Steven. Good job, and I love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're on to Shooting Star. Yes, yes. Everybody loves a shooting star. No matter where you go, they know who you are. And everybody needs a falling star to make them think they know, to make them feel large. All right, I think you get to start this one, Michelle. Shooting Star. I do. This, this one, Shooting Star, is interesting. Um, at first, I didn't think I was going to love it, but I think... This will ultimately end up being one of the songs that I like the most on the album. I think it's going to grow on me. The thing that I thought was really interesting is that it starts out simple, and then you get that um, surf guitar, the twangy surf guitar in there. And then you definitely hear the Phil Spector wall of sound. Yes. And then it morphs into ELO. Say, I had the same thing written down. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is really cool. And it almost seemed like it kind of went through like the simple beginnings of rock and roll and it kind of evolved with the sound you know the popular sound so i thought that was kind of a cool process um i was paying more attention to that than the lyrics uh but i think it was kind of a cool concept i liked it so i think we had exactly the same notes in terms of the music i because it's interesting as i went through i was like well it's kind of a 50s sound well it's kind of a, a, a pop rock 70s sound well it's kind of elo well it kind of ends with a mr blue skies kind of finish and like it's interesting like it does kind of progress it through evolves. the centuries i mean through the yeah. decades it's really cool here's what i take because i was listening to the lyrics because i've heard this a number of times now i've heard this this is my fourth time through the album I don't know if you've ever heard the musical Avenue Q. I saw it on Broadway. Did you? Did you? Not, I oh. did. So this song <laughs> reminds me of Schadenfreude. It's that whole that whole idea of like, hey, everybody needs a shooting star. You need to watch people fail. And I'm one of those people that you're going to watch fail. And you need that in your life. And it's almost <laughs> like the whole refrain of this whole song um, and it's almost like this is his take and this is his way of dealing with and addressing his cocaine use, leaving the band, his new wife. You hear it all throughout the song, yes. like all these different little little hints and pieces of things that he has failed with in his life. But he doesn't consider them failures. He considers them stepping stones to changes in his life. 
And he's yeah. just like, you need to see them as failures and you need to do that in your life so you don't have to look at your own failures mm-hmm. and you can feel better about yourself. But I feel pretty good about myself. Right. Yes. So I, I love this song. And it's just got such a happy feel. Like you can listen to it and then you listen to it more with the lyrics and you're like, wow, that's, that's really deep. That's what he's deep. so brilliant at. And that is ultimately why I think Stephen Page is so great. Because the music says one thing and the lyrics say another and the the conjunction of the two are just genius it's just yeah. great all right so now we are moving on to the other song on this album that i cannot have my kids listen to i'm gonna have you announce the name of this song because i can't because my kids are awake can i use a abbreviated word for you the may second one yeah um, there, there's a naughty word there's an adult word um in the title um, and just because you never know who's listening, we don't want That's to, right. somebody's listening to this in the car with their kids driving, we don't want to have a I'm going to bleep it anyways. <laughs> oh, okay, good. So it's you, yourself, but the F is, has several more letters in it. So yes. there's that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Weren't you the one who was swearing up and down that one day you'd get your homework done? Wow. <laughs> 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 wow <laughs> the music is fantastic and i wonder that almost i'm sorry you're supposed to go first but i just am having a stream go of consciousness ahead. i feel like this is him kind of flogging himself like you know how you have a conversation with yourself like this is his critical inner voice flogging himself or it's the voice of somebody in his life like it feels really personal but kind of fun yes like all the songs on this album are really fun and easy to listen to and there's nothing to really wallow in and yet the messages are very strong and very pointed um and this is definitely not a kid-friendly song there's lots of language (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's nothing kid-friendly about this no i'm (laughs) I'm gonna cut here i'm going to put this This song is catchy. <laughs> it is. It really is catchy. I could see myself, if I don't have the kids in the car, sitting there and singing along with the chorus on the oh, song. Yes. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> totally. Totally. I don't know what the, the beat is on this song, but it is like, I, I love the beat. I just don't know the what it percu- is. The percussion is so good in that song. Like it's yeah. just, it's really. It's, and is that is that Congos? Is that Bong? Like what? I don't know what that is, but. And it, so it's like this blues, jazz, salsa, mix. <laughs> it's like you take all three of those, the best parts of all of them, throw them in a blender and go. So and I wish your, I. Yeah, add your critical inner voice, and you've got a hit song for one. Oh minute. yeah. One minute and 17 seconds, it is on fire. It's short, and it is very succinct, and it's on point. (laughs) Exactly. It doesn't need to be longer than that. It's really good. Yes. All right, so are you ready to move on to done? Yes, I am. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done being worthless to you. I'm done. I'm done. Thought you cared more than you do. 
All right, go ahead, Michelle. I'm going to try to hold this to one minute. I, okay, I'm going to try to keep it one minute. I loved this song. This is my favorite song on the album. I feel like, wow, Stephen, this is so <laughs> personal. And I feel like yep. this is his wife's response to break your heart 20 years later. <laughs> it just feels like that's the continuum. And there it is. And it's so good. Wow. Okay, you kept that much more succinct than I'm going to. I'm going to try to keep this short. All right. To me, this was the counterpoint to that last song, which is perfect follow-up. Yes. And so this is, it's interesting because this is a sweet, soft song, but it is so, so acerbic. Like the tongue in cheek, the acid in this song is just thick. And my first immediate response, my first word I wrote down was, ouch! <laughs> so, like the song of, like the words, you used to believe in us too, I'm done being worthless to you, like, oh! Um, there is no anger in the beginning of this song. It He, the, the voice says, as well as the words saying, I'm done. Like he's got to this point of, the relationship where he's hit acceptance after all that loss. Um, and I love how there's interesting in the, in the third verse, I want to say there's this line where he says, you're done. I'm done. And there's almost a hidden laugh in there when you're listening to it. You're done. I'm done. You can hear it. There's a smile behind that, but then he pulls it back in again. Um, I love that. I was like, holy cow, like how what kind of talent does it take to put that into a song and make it heard through the music when you can't see the person? But then he starts getting angry, like the kids are here, I'm here, we're holding down the fort for you. Um, and then it gets really, really like acerbic, like, I'd be seeing more of you, my dear, if I was seeing you in court. And then the bridge oh. breaks down and the music gets all I love it. I mean, that's shows it's that, genius. It's that day in the life breakdown mm -hmm. at the mm -hmm. end of the song. And, and what I love about that the most is that, so he finishes down that line and it says court and it's literally, that's the chaos that goes with court. Anyone who's been to divorce court, that's the chaos of feelings, even exactly. once you've chosen this, that goes with it. And then it changes to release again. And then it changes to anger again in the next verse where there is there's nothing I can do that will change your mind. So this is a guy who's going through the loss of divorce and the loss, of, whether it's himself or someone that he viewed in his life or how he views what happened with his wife on her side. This is a man who understands loss and divorce because it divorce is rarely so simple as just like, one time through the, the the grief and loss cycle and then you're done. No, you you keep spinning over and over and over again. And this is that song. And it it, it portrays it perfectly. And I just I there is nothing about this song I don't love. If we were doing points, this would be a five. Definitely. So. I yeah, this is this is great. And what an amazing follow up to the song just before it. Correct. Alright, so now we're gonna move over to <laughs> <laughs> to the next song, and I just saw the title, A Failure. A failure to communicate is what we've got, my dear. A failure of imagination is what we brought us here. 
The title, I gotta say, the titles, if you just read down the titles, like that tells you everything you need to know and then some. It's pretty great. Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> so, this is a failure. Um, I love the song, the trumpets in this song. Um, it's got a very soft calypso kind of sound to it. Like, it, it reminds me a lot of Do You Know the Way to San Jose? Yes. Um, and, and my other m- thing I wrote about it was, this is very Burt Baccarat type. That's influence. what I was thinking. I'm sorry to talk over you, but I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh, okay. Burt Baccarat, totally, 100%. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know that that's a huge influence on him because they did the tribute to Burt Baccarat, and yeah. we'll cover that down the road. But yeah, like this is, I totally hear Burt Baccarat in this song. Yeah. Um, and it's a song just about being on the road, losing communication, losing connection, losing commitment. It's not my favorite song on the album. I think it's perfectly placed in this spot on the album because it's that if you're going to have a a song on the album that's not as strong as the others, this is where you put it. Um, whoever engineered this album, if Steven engineered this album himself, he did this this album perfectly. So, but I could just I could have this playing in the background and it, and I'll still kind of sit there and dance with. It. I was dancing with it while I was listening to it. So, yes, agreed. I it reminds me of my nana always used to listen to. I don't know what the station was. It was an AM station with just instrumental music. And if you took the lyrics out of this, like if you took the whole vocal track. The background music is what would be playing on that radio station. Um, you know, it's great background music. I get the point of the song. Um, I think it's definitely enjoyable to listen to, but not anything I have to emotionally invest in, which is fine. I liked yeah. it. I liked it. We're, it was fine. We're not going to connect with every song. <laughs> right. Exactly. But I did not love it. Like, it was great. I just it didn't, like, grab me. But it was good. All right. So now we're on to Whistling Through the Dark. Get you, you're so stressed out. Don't twist yourself in knots. Put a pair of blinders on and learn to be content with what you got. All right. Go ahead, Michelle. Whistling I in the Dark. I thought this song was really fun. Um, it's kind of interesting that one of the lines at the beginning talks about being satisfied with what you've got like really (laughs) you're gonna dispense that advice to whom exactly and then i wonder maybe he's talking to himself um but it there's a i was trying to find there's a song that tori amos does on her um unrepentant geraldine's album but basically it's about growing older and like what you can expect and what you you know, like you think you're going to have tiramisu. Hi, you can't eat that anymore. It it reminds me of that, like the the stages of growing older. I can't I can't get the title of that. Oh, song. if you ever figure that out, I want to know what it is. So to me, it had this very Shakespearean type feel. I almost felt like once again yes. I was listening to that "As You Like It" at the beginning. It may not bring you comfort, but I know that's not the point. It- and then it just like takes a completely different turn and becomes this big band number um very upbeat and i was funny because i was watching the camera because i knew what was happening with the songs i'd heard it before and i could tell like by just watching your body 
in the camera when it changed in the song because you started swinging with the song. <laughs> exactly. This song reminds me of one of my favorite songs off from page one, which is Leave Her Alone. And even though it's a very, not dark song, but a darker type of like theme, it's a very happy, upbeat type song. And this reminds me of that, of like, you know, life can, can be this very simple type thing and you can be happy with what you have, which is not, you know, a 401k and it's not me being this great, big, huge musician. It's me having this normal life. You can be happy with that, but not me. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, it was funny what you mentioned at the beginning, because what I was envisioning was him on stage with like the um, the top hat and the striped coat, like kicking his legs, like doing a vaudeville number. Um, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> that's that's what it was, and I did find the song. Um, it's "White Telephone to God" from Tori Amos, and um, it's basically all about getting older and aging. And it just it kind of ties in with this in my mind. I just think it's interesting. Um, the I song is fun, but it's sort of like, you know, it's got Steven's spin on it. It's just nice to hear him, like, belting. I feel like he's, like, doing show tunes. It's almost like a show tunes album, in a way. Yeah. All right, one more song. We are one on more. our last song of the album. We are now going over to... I got I flipped my camera here. Uh, going over to Looking for the Light, interestingly enough. Oh. <laughs> Alright, Looking for the Light, which is interesting because the song we just finished was Whistling in the Dark. Now we're looking for the light. Um, Again, this comes back to me, a very Huey Lewis in the News type feel. Um, But for me, this this song sounded like a mixture of three songs off their Best Of album, which is So Little Kindness, A Hundred Years From Now, and Until the Day After. Like, take those, you take the best parts of all those and you mix it together. Um... This song makes me really happy and makes me want to hear Huey Lewis singing with Stephen Page backed up by Tower of Power and The Odds and just all of them on stage together because this would be their final song of the night kind of song. And I, I just love the You Will Be Fine. Like It's such a great finishing message for this album of travel and transition and process. Love it. Um, to me, it felt like a song that we're driving off into the sunset. Yes. Though, though I have to say, for this whole album, the the horns are so good, and they were so good in this song. Um, I just loved it. Like it just felt like no matter what we've gone through on this album, we're fine. It's going to be okay. Here we are, off to live another journey. And I kind of, I know I'm kind of moving ahead, but I feel like. The whole album, you know, if you think about it, Discipline, Heal Thyself, Part 2, it almost feels like this whole album were different therapy sessions, and now he's got to the end where he has healed himself. Like, these are all the things he had to face, and now it's going to be okay. And he's... Yeah! Like, all the bad juju is cleared away, he's good, and now here he is putting this out for the world, and we're embracing it, and we love it. I agree. So, final take on the album. 
thumbs up two thumbs up for sure if i was going to rate the album i would give it a five like it's great it's stephen page it's all that's fantastic about him normally i don't love albums on the first go you know i have to like get into it and listen to it a few times and read the lyrics and feel but this is just like every song just hit me like perfectly it's great i love this album i love it and i hope people our listeners Go out and get it. I love this. I give this song, this album, a solid A. Yes. Um, so my thoughts, as I was listening to it, I typed a couple of thoughts down. This one hits me right in the feels. Every song hits me in the feels. It makes me have some kind of emotional reaction. Yes. With every single song, which it should do, and I feel like that's what Steven should do. And I've been waiting for that. This is the album I've been waiting for from Stephen Page. Um, yes. I feel Page like we can, we can see him. It's him. It's not. He's not trying too hard. It's just no. effortless. And there it is on a platter for us to just devour. Yep. I liked Instinct. I wasn't. There were, album, there were songs on it I didn't like. I loved Page One. I have to say that if this was Steven's last album, which I really hope that it's not, but if it was his last album, this would be his magnum opus um, easily. This is Steven. Steven Page is back fully. Um, totally. I could easily say that this is his best sol- solo album at all. For sure. And possibly, and I, I don't say this lightly, I, and I'm going to get hate mail probably for saying this on a BNL podcast. I would say this is possibly on the level of Gordon, which I put up there as the best BNL album along with Stunt. Like to me, with the eclectic feel, how it makes me feel, and and as you said, Michelle, like the first time listening through an album, it made me just immediately love it. Yes. The only album in my entire life, other than the Beatles, that's made me do that is Gordon. And this made me do that again. This to me, and, and it's why I was like, "Oh, I've got, we've got to review this album." This album to me is magical. Yes, it really is. Each of the songs, like, there's no, you know, how some songs you hear from people, and it's like, "Oh, that's a formula." Oh, that was pressed out in the um, producer's office. Like, there's none of that. Everything no. feels like it's coming right from Stephen, and it feels like a weight's been lifted. It feels yes. like there's been a clearing and like a weight's been lifted from his shoulders, not to sound like I know anything about his psychology, but in a way <laughs> I kind of, you know what I mean? Like I don't know him personally, but I feel like I do. And I've witnessed what has happened over the decades. And I just feel like whatever's held him down is now not there and he's free to, like the, the last song, Looking for the Light, like he is driving off into the sunset. He is on a whole new path and it's going to be awesome. And we're, we all get from, to go with him. We all get yeah. to go with him. Two weeks from today, I get to go see him live in Portland. And before oh. this point, I was like, oh, I get to go see Stephen Page. And now I'm like, I get to go see Stephen Page live yes. in Portland. This is going to be amazing. Yes. <laughs> like this this album really, truly re-energized me. And I'm so happy that it was released. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking going with me on this journey. Yes. Indeed. This was a lot of fun. Indeed. I appreciate Oh my gosh, it was so great just to listen to it for the first time with no I wasn't sure what to expect. 
Um, but I'm I'm really glad, and I highly recommend this album to anybody listening to this podcast. Go do yourself a favor and um, definitely buy it. Well, have a good night, and next week we'll be covering Bull in a China Shop. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.